Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick, and I am super excited today. We've had to uh, reschedule a couple times, and and my guest has been uber patient with me, so for that, I thank him. Today, I have Brandon Yanofsky. Did I pronounce your last name, Brandon, correctly? You did. Yeah, you did. Very good. <laughs> okay, thank you so much of mywpexpert.com on the line. So, Brandon, thank you so much for being here today. No problem. Thank you for having me. I'm excited because, you know, you, you've got sort of this grassroots marketing effort going on and it's pretty cool, which I want to talk about. Mm. Um, but fill everybody in sort of on your background and what you were doing before you launched WP Expert and what, what got you here? Yeah. So, I mean, the way I got here is kind of a roundabout way. Um, back in college, I started my first business, which was a clothing company. So not tech related at all. Um, but I realized I needed a website for my business. So I started playing around with different website builders. You know, I went through, uh, Weebly and Wix. Um, and, you know, somehow someone had just recommended using WordPress. So started playing around with WordPress, really liked it. Um, you know, started doing, uh, like had a marketing job helping people with WordPress websites, you know, kept going further and further. And I got to a point where I got so good at it. I just, you know, started doing more of the coding and development. Um, and started a business, which was my WP expert, just offering people help online for their WordPress sites, um, you know, doing uh, troubleshooting and fixes. And again, that kind of just grew further. And, uh, you know, now I have the blog um, and I have a new business now called WP Radius, where we do maintenance and support for people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I got here. Um, again, I, I, I didn't really come from a tech background. I was a, a film student and a business uh, major in college. So, you know, I didn't really have any tech background, but uh, really just self-taught uh, developer now. That is fantastic. You know, it's, it's interesting. A lot of people get into WordPress as self-taught because, I don't know, I mean, not so much that it's easy, but I think the fact mm-hmm. that there's so many tools at your disposal for understanding it and learning it, I, I think yeah. that's that's fantastic. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit. Which WP Radius is is totally new to me. I want to talk about both. So, W my WP Expert is that really just the blog, and is that all you're running from from that site? Yeah, so that's, that's the blog, and then also um, where you you know people can hire me for custom development services, troubleshooting, or consulting. So it's basically like my hub. I'm actually in the process of redesigning it, so it's more about me right now. It's just you know my WP Expert, the blog. But yeah, that's where um, the last few years I've been running my services out of. So people would find me through my site, um, you know, find out what services I offer on there. Um, and you know, last probably year, last year or two years, I've been really pushing the blog a lot as well. Um, you know, trying to get more articles up there and promoting the articles as well. All right. So first of all, let's let's talk a little bit about in terms of your your business. You do this full time, right? You already yeah. have a, okay. All right, so so people understand because you create a lot of content and you're doing guest posting, and so it's not this isn't something that um, you know you're getting all of this done in the wee hours of the morning after yeah. a job. <laughs> okay, good. So now now WP Radius. So I just pulled that up. Congratulations, that's very exciting. Thank you. Um, and you know I I had uh, Dan Norris of WP Curve. So is <laughs> it a similar support model? 
Yes, a similar support model. Um, you know, the, the thing is, we're trying to keep ourselves a little bit smaller. You know, I, I, I love Dan and I love WP Curve and I actually write for them. Um, but, you know, the thing is, we wanted to keep something a little, um, a little smaller. Um, and, you know, it's something that I had been offering before. Like, I have my own maintenance clients through my WP expert, but I wanted to make it available to more people. So basically started this where, um, you know, same, same basic principle, you, you pay one monthly fee, you get just general maintenance, and then you get unlimited support. Um, but again, the main thing is I want to be able to uh, keep it small enough where I can handle most of the development myself. Like we might bring in a couple developers here and there as we grow, but I want to be overseeing all of this so that it's, you know, high quality code. Um, and that's really where, you know, I want to kind of make myself shine in there, you know? Um, so again, love WP curve. We're just, you know, we're one of those other competitors out there. Um, and I mean, right now we have, we have a lot of clients we're growing and it's, it's great. And the, the great thing about it is that there's so much, uh, room in this, um, in this market. Um, as you probably know, you've seen companies popping up left and right. And, you know, there's really no shortage of demand right now. So, um, there's room for all of us right now. Well, I think there's all, yeah, it, I look at it and I hope you didn't mind me bringing that up is, yeah. you know, it, it's just WP Curve found a model that the market was hungry for. And, yeah. you know, the fact that they have to, to close <laughs> every now and then to, to maintain the growth tells you a lot that the market needs more of this. And so I, I, I think it's brilliant. I, you know, it's like they found a model that worked and it, it's what WordPress users need and want. And there's no way that, that one company can serve everybody at this point. So yeah. I think it's great. And I think, you know, when you look at it, you know, in, in terms of, of keeping a little bit smaller, I mean, they are, they are growing huge, but I think yeah. it's, you know, that's, that's, it's funny because before, uh, before our call, I was being interviewed and, you know, I think there are a lot of opportunities in WordPress. And just because one person is doing something or there's a company doing something well, doesn't mean you can't do it in a way that right. works for you and serves your audience. Right. Right. And, and one of the, one of the other ways, one of the things we're really trying to do that I know WP Curve doesn't do is we're starting to offer a white labeling service so that designers or developers who build sites for people, but don't want to deal with all the, you know, after building, stuff you know like the, the small requests that clients might have here and there afterwards they can hand them off to us um and basically we're like your support team where we have an email address on your company's domain name and act as your support team so that um you know your clients are still going through you but um you know we're, we're acting as a support team on the side like a remote support team that is brilliant because it's funny that's one of the things that i mean i don't market a lot of I, mm -hmm. I saw website clients and whatnot, but it's more of a word of mouth, the referral, and I don't do um, maintenance. It's just, mm. n it makes me a little cuckoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I think I'll be signing up for some white labeling. <laughs> Excellent. That's fantastic. So tell me a little bit about, you know, one of the things that, that I always like to ask people are, let's kind of keep it real in terms of what were some of the struggles and challenges you had when, when stepping into this and starting your own business? Um, so, I mean, probably one of the, the, biggest problems and I, I think I struggle with this all the time I think everyone does is is you know self-doubt um, you know you get that feeling you know on on Wednesday where you're like what am I doing uh, you <laughs> I know should go get a job yeah, exactly I should get a job instead of doing this um, you know especially as a you know I have my business but I'm also you know at heart a freelancer and I think f with freelancing you, you really get that feeling a lot you know because I was reading an article the other day where it's really like when you work for a company and you're an employee 
um, and someone's like insulting the company, you, you know, you don't take that personally. It's like it's the company. It's not me. But when you're a freelancer and someone insults you, you take that personally because it's you. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like you, there's a lot of self-doubt. You, can, you know, you can deal with some really difficult clients at times. Um, so, I mean, I think overall that's like the main thing I struggle with. And, I, you know, I st- started out with struggling and I still struggle with is, you know, just making sure that you keep your energy up and just keep going and pushing through it. Um, and, you know, you'll, I see left and right people who I've worked with in the past who are freelancers who end up giving up because they just are tired of it. And, you know, you just got to push through and, you know, things come, things work out. <laughs> well, so with the self-doubt, I mean, did you find that as you created more content and as you started showing up a little bit more online, was that something that, you know, I guess the the question is, you know, I know for myself that the more you do it, the easier it gets, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about, like I said before, you know, you've got this, this real grassroots marketing where you are mm-hmm. reaching out and connecting and that's how we connected and, mm-hmm. and you're out there really building a name for yourself. So first of all, you know, how did you go about doing that? And then I want to, I've got another question on the back end of that. So we'll wait. So how yeah. did you go about jumping into that? So, I mean, you know, honestly, I am just doing basically what I would do, like building relationships in real life. So, you know, I'm getting involved in the WordPress community as much as possible. So right now, I'm you know I'm on the support forums, answering questions. Um, I'm going to start contributing to Core. I'm going to start releasing some plugins. Um, right now, what I'm doing is you know I go to WordPress meetups and WordCamps and literally just network with people. Um, you know, talk as much as possible. Um, I'll go there and then try and get an inter- and I'll, I'll try and get um, I offer myself to uh, speak at one of their events. Um, and then, you know, what I'm doing online, I'm literally just going out and talking to people. Um, you know, wh- one of the previous things I did before was I had a marketing blog, and I did a lot of relationship marketing on that, where literally I'm just building relationships with people. You know, I'm not, I, honestly, I'm not doing anything special. It's just a lot of hustling. You know, you got to go online and really just put in that grind work and, you know, reach out to a lot of people and see who responds. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm literally just out there on Twitter talking to people uh, writing guest posts, just reaching out as much as possible. And, and, you know, that's basically it, you know, just, there's no, there's no simple, like, oh yeah, here's exactly what you need to do. I just go out there and try and build relationships with people. It's interesting that you say that. Cause I have a, um, a, a previous coaching client of mine that she was kind of in WordPress web dev and, and what she realized she really loved doing was making connections. Mm-hmm. And she has made some amazing connections because she shows up and she's just out there talking to everybody. Yeah. And, and again, it is that hustle. And, you know, what are your thoughts? Cause I, I think that there is this perception of, you know, online business is just easy and it's supposed to be easy and everything's free and open source. And, and I know I'm being very general, but yeah. you know, I look at it that I'm like, it's still a business. You still have to show up and connect and engage. And if, even if you had an offline brick and mortar building, you still have to get customers in the door. Yeah. So, and, and build relationships. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I think you got to approach again, like you said, you, you have to approach this as a business. I think a lot of people get into it. Like you said, they think online business is completely different. It's completely new. You know, like it'll be easier. It, you know, it's just, there's all these pre-made things that you can use that will do it for you. But no, I think you really, you know, that hustle aspect is still there. And I love the word hustle. I mean, one of my friends um, is, you know, that he, his business is all about that, you know, getting in there and, and hustling. And, you know, if you look at like the best entrepreneurs, they're the guys who hustled. You know, they, they're the ones who were like, you know, in the trenches late at night, doing the dirty work no one else wanted to do. And that's why they're successful. 
Um, I think that translates the same over to online businesses. I just think that, um, you know, at, at this point now, there's so many people who are so successful with their online business that they already put all the hard work in that people look at them and they're like, oh my God, they, it looks like they literally just came out of nowhere and are successful. I'm going to do that. But no, those people were putting all that hard work and you just didn't see it. Um, so I think, yeah, when you, when you start an online business, you got to approach it like you would any other business. Um, and I know for me, like one of the big mistakes I made was I tried, I was exactly like that. I was trying to do all the online marketing and stick with that. But to be honest, like I'm having way more success doing, again, like these offline traditional techniques of just reaching out to people and going to events and things like that. Um, I, th- I think there's a huge value in just having relationships with people um, for your business, whether you're a freelancer or starting a business that you just can't get any other way. Um, so, you know, as, as, as techie and as, you know, as much as I love getting into the future of stuff, it's really those old school traditional business techniques that are working the best for me. That's amazing. It's funny because, you know, I, I think for each business model, it's it's probably going to be a little different. I, I've always taken the stance like I don't do local. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's just my community. Like I, I do it for referrals or connections, but mm-hmm. there's been there's so much education required from from the website perspective yeah. of it. Now, however, the relationships in, cer- in terms of collaboration and connection, I mean, I do that globally. I mean, it's it's online, you know. I mean, it's yeah. funny because even Twitter, I, I find some people love Twitter more, some people love Facebook more. I think it kind of depends on your audience and where they are, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the perfect thing. The audience, where is your audience? Like, especially if you're starting a business and you want to get more of your clients, you got to find where your clients are and then how do you reach them? That's the most important thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, it could be very well that your business, everyone is online and it's very easy to reach them online. Um, uh, you know, you could also have a business where your clients or your customers are not online at all and you got to find out where are they and how do you reach them? Um, what would you recommend to somebody in terms of finding out where their clients are? Um, well, I'm, I'm of the belief that when you start a business, you need to have some knowledge inside that business or get someone who has some knowledge in there um to join the team so you know if you're starting a business that is um you know the clients would be accountants for instance um either you know ideally you would be an accountant um or you know an accountant or you have to go out there and just hang out with accountants and you just have to go out there and find you know literally go where they are um i did an interview with uh i forget who it was i, I was speaking with someone recently and um uh, he said to me, he's like, if you want to, and he used the accountant example, he's like, if you want to do marketing for accountants, go to a bunch of accounting conferences and just hang out with them for a while and see what, you know, what's going on. And you learn a lot just by hanging out with them and you'll learn where they hang out, um, what they do, you know, where, where most of their attention is spent and that will help you market to them. Um, but I think a lot of people kind of skip that step, you know, they, they're, and I, again, I'm, I know that because I used to do this all the time. I used to skip that step completely. I would go, okay, let me, you know, I want to go after this market. Uh, let me just, you know, throw up some ads and see if I can target them. Um, and it never worked. But when I sp- take the time to actually learn about who these people are and talk to some of these people, um, I get a much better understanding of them. And again, find that, that an- the answer to the question, where are they? How do I reach them? And, you know, business is more successful then. You know, it's funny you say that because I have to tell you, like, <laughs> I think it was on Carrie Dill's uh, office hours uh, l- last month and we were talking and, you know, 
I like going to WordCamps because I can connect with people I know and then mm-hmm. I connect with online, but my customers aren't there. Yeah. My audience isn't there. And so it really depends. And, you know, the WordCamp that is most accessible to me was always um, San Francisco, right? Which is huge mm-hmm. and automatic is here. But yet it was so developer heavy that I was like, this doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I think you made a really good point that it's important to go where your customers and your audience is and build those relationships there. It's kind of, you know, like you look at, um, and this is kind of going sideways, but in terms of conferences and, and marketing mm-hmm. and stuff, I have a tendency to go to conferences or events where either my customer is or it, it's, absolutely in line with what I'm doing and what I'm learning and what I'm focusing on right now. But, you know, New Media Expo or some of those bigger, I'm like, yeah, it'd be fun. But my time is most entrepreneurs, right? Your time becomes such this valuable commodity. And so it's like, I don't have the time just to go do that right now. If I can only do X amount of trips or conferences a year, I really need to be picky about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So, you know, we talked a lot about, um, you know, some of the options for WP listeners out there in terms of, of what we could have talked about today. And one of the things that, that I'm really focused on and interested, um, in is lead generation Mm -hmm. and, and, and list building with WordPress. So where would you recommend somebody start with that? Like, what are some of your best tips on that? Um, so if you're talking about just from a tool standpoint, um, you know, I, obviously getting some type of opt-in plugin. There's some really great ones out there now. Um, opt-in Monster is amazing. Um, if you're, you know, not familiar with it, basically it gives you um, it gives you a couple different opt-in types where you can basically, you know, we can have like the pop-up that appears. I'm sure you've probably seen it where you go to someone's website and it pops up and it says enter your name and email address to like get this ebook or whatever. Um, it also has opt-in types where like you have an opt-in form at the bottom of your list, uh, or sorry, at the bottom of your post. So when they get down to that bottom, they can opt in there. Um, and then there's another one that, uh, called Bloom that comes from Elegant Themes, and that one's also really good, and that one has a lot of awesome uh, functionality as well. Very similar to Optin Monster. It doesn't have as much uh, technology on it, but it does have more design options, and it's a lot cheaper. Um, so th- those are I would recommend for tools for um, for opt-ins. Now strategies, um, the strategy I always go after is you want to ask someone for their email address when they're most engaged. Um, now what that means is, you know, one, one of my favorite opt-in places is after a post um, because if you think about it, when someone's scrolling, reading your post, and they get all the way to the bottom of the post, they spent all that time, you know, going through your post. So they're extremely engaged at that point because they, you know, obviously they liked what you, what, um, you wrote obviously, or else they wouldn't be reading it. They wouldn't finish it. So they're very likely to want to give their email address and get more of what you have. So I think that's a very important place. Um, another one that you can actually do with Optin Monster is um, ex- exit intent. So when someone's cursor is about to leave the screen, you can have the pop-up appear then. So that way it's not interfering with the content. So, uh, you know, that's great where you can you give them the chance to look around and then as they're leaving, it's like, hey, enter your name and email address, you get my ebook. Um, and then obviously on the sidebar, you know, that's where people, a lot of people go to uh, naturally just to look for that. Um, that's, you know, effective because everyone, everyone, almost everyone has that on their site. Um, they'll put a, an opt-in form on the sidebar. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and going back to, you know, a, a strategy for like for actually getting people's email address um, you got to think about what what can I give them that they're actually going to want. 
And um, I, had a, I had a business coach a while back who said something to me that was very interesting when we were talking about this. You know, a lot of people will complain about the, the opt-in forms. They're like, oh, these are annoying. I don't want to see these. Um, he said to me, he's like, well, what if you had sat on there instead you're like, you know, enter your name and email address and I'll send you 100 bucks. Well, everyone would be entering their name and email address to get that 100 bucks. Um, so it's really about giving them something that's of value to them. And that's, it goes back to, again, knowing your audience and knowing your clients. You got to know what is it that they, like, what problem do they have right now? And what solution can I offer them that's valuable enough for them to enter their name and email address? So you gotta, you gotta really think about that. Um, you know, some, it could be as simple as, yeah, get my free, get my articles every week in your inbox. Some people, you know, that works very well for them. Other people, it's like, get a free consultation with me. It's valued at $100 and, you know, you get it for free just by giving me your name and email address. Um, so again, it's going to differ from your, from audience to audience and, you know, customer base to customer base, but uh, you really got to understand your, your audience and know what's valuable to them and make that offer in order for them to give you their e- name and email address. Yeah, I, I love the the piece that your coach was saying. And, and I had a coach explain it a couple ways too. once that, you know, I think that you want to be careful. And I know that I did this. And it, I don't want to say it hurt me. But, you know, if you, I think it's important to, to you want to build that list, not only of the right customer, but mm. customers kind of the key, right? Yeah. And and that customer may, may, may choose to buy from you, I don't know, say within the first three months, someone may, it may take them six years to buy from you. But yeah. the goal is to, you know, he gave the example of like, you go to Google, and you're searching for shoes, right? So you've got that person who's, who's just kind of doing their research, and they're searching, and they just type in Nike running shoes. And then the next person t- searches, you know, Nike running shoes versus Adidas. Well, the buyer is going to search for, you know, Nike running shoes, Air Elite, you know, size 10, best price or whatever, you know? Yeah. So so in terms of it's like, of course, you want your the, the value, I totally agree. And then you want to start thinking, all right, now, now, how do I convert this person into a customer? And, you know, I think, again, this is probably another side tangent, but I think a lot of there's a lot of noise online, right? And so mm-hmm. one of the things that I have been taking this sort of real firm stance against is this whole, you know, you know, sell without selling or, or, you know, just be you and just tell stories. All of that is super important. And you, your, your content and the value has to be there. I, to yeah. me, it's, it's kind of, it's almost silly that we're having this conversation that you have to provide good content. Well, of course you do. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's a business, right? And so why is it, <laughs> why is selling better when it's disguised versus being honest and saying, Hey, I've got something great that's going to, that can solve a problem for you. And I want to offer it to you for sale. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a lot of times I, I'm, I'm of the same opinion. You know, I kind of went through a little phase where I was a little um, disheartened with what was being offered online. And I kind of came to the realization that a lot of the people who have to spend a lot of the time marketing and disguising what they're offering usually don't have that great of a product or service to begin with. So they have to, you know, they, they can't come out right and say, hey, buy this from me because the person's going to look at it and be like, why would I want to buy that? It's, you know, some crappy thing, but they have to spend all that time marketing and, and, you know, soft selling to them to get that person to want to buy it. So if you have, it really comes back to, again, like that, like I was saying, like I'm really into these traditional business principles. If you have a really good product or service that people want, it basically will sell itself and you don't have to hide it. You can just be, come out and say, Hey, you have this problem. I have this solution. It costs X amount of dollars you know, there's no reason to say no. Um, you don't have to try and, you know, run around trying to, you know, basically 
make it seem like it's better than it is. It's just, it's exactly what they need. So yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Yeah. And it's, I, I love your point about traditional uh, business in, in the sense that, you know, there are some really core business principles that apply online. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time, I was sort of like, I'm not good at sales. I'm not good at this. And it's like, but I find that when I'm talking about something that I firmly believe in, and I know the value and I'm passionate, like, I don't even feel like I'm having a sales conversation. Yeah, I'm sharing, engaging, and that's what it comes down to. And so then when it comes time to say, well, what, it, you know, what's the cost? It's I don't hem and haw. I'm like, there's value in this. And this is going to solve your problem and the return is going to be that. So, so I totally agree. That was a little yeah. bit of a tangent, but it's something <laughs> that I just, I think why it makes me a little bit crazy is that it's, it's disheartening when people are getting started and, you know, they're feeling like they have to paint and, and hide, hide kind of what they're doing. And it's like, no, it, it's, you've got something of value. Sell it. It's okay. Yeah. Anyways, that's a little bit of a tangent. So, um, you know, so what are some other things that you would recommend in terms of, you know, we talked, I, I know you're a big builder and, you know, a believer in, in list building and, and building that audience. If you could tell somebody with a WordPress site, and, and let's take it from the perspective of the entrepreneur, right? He's using mm-hmm. WordPress to build a business. You know, what are like the top three things you would tell them that they should be doing in order to drive their business with their WordPress site? Um, so I think the, the first thing is they have to have, a a plan on how to bring people to their website. Um, I think a lot of people skip that. And it has to be uh, multifaceted. And again, this goes back to what we discussed in the beginning where I was like, all I was doing before was online marketing. Um, you know, there's businesses out there that do succeed where they focus on one area, but you need to be, you know, in different areas. So you need to work on like search engine optimization. You might want to try running ads um, you might want to, you know, do like what I'm doing where I'm reaching out to influencers and getting interviews and doing guest posts. Um, you want to go to conferences and talk to people. So you want to you have multiple different ways to get people to your site, not just one. Don't rely on one. Use those to drive people to your site. Um, the second thing I would say is uh, find ways to capture, and this goes back to the list building, obviously, capture people's information because um, there's nothing that sucks more than Working and I don't know if you want me to censor myself on your on your. No, so you can you can swear. Yeah, okay. I don't okay. drop f bombs, but it's okay. Right. <laughs> you don't want to work your ass off getting people to your site and have them stay for a minute and leave and never come back. You want to capture their info so that you can market to them later on because it's rare you're going to get someone to come to your site and buys right away. And there's some businesses that have a, a model where that works. But I'd say the majority of businesses, that doesn't happen. People come, they take a look, they, you know, say like, they might even be like, I'm going to come back and check this out later and buy it and leave and forget about it. So you want to get some way to capture their information, which is where the list building comes in. Um, and the third thing is you want to make sure that you have an amazing offer. And when I say offer, it doesn't necessarily have to be some, you know, really salesy, uh, you know, slimy thing. It could literally, just like I said, you say, you have this problem, I have a really good solution, um, and you know, y- here's how to buy it, and it'll sell. So I think you really just got to break down to re- these really simple pieces. I think I- I'm, really, I'm, I'm a big believer of making things as simple s- as possible. Like My brain doesn't work in gray areas, but my brain works in black and white. So when, when, I, when I think of um, you know, how, how to make my business, I'm always thinking, let me get, make it as simple as possible, get rid of all the outside stuff and just you know, have this really simple process. 
And I think, you know, when you, when you do that, when you break it down to those three simple parts, it becomes a lot easier for you to build your business up. You know, it's really, again, just to recap, it's get an audience and get them to your site, um, convert that audience, and then convert that audience into a buying customer. Um, and I think that, you know, when you, when you approach it that way, it becomes a lot easier um, and um, also not as stressful. Um, <laughs> totally. <yeah. laughs> You're um, not like deciding, I need to be running Facebook ads, I need to be a video expert, I need to start this. Yeah, I need to, yeah it, totally. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think also, like what you just said also, I think there's also an important value in understanding that um, you don't need to be an expert at everything. You can find people out there who can help you with those things. Um, and, you know, like for me, like I, I, I will be the first to admit, like I, I'm too busy a lot of times to keep up on stuff. So I hire people help me with that stuff. You know, I, on my other business, I partnered with someone because so I could concentrate on the development and outreach and he takes care of all the business aspects of it. Um, so really, you know, you, you and again, I, I'll probably keep saying this throughout the podcast, go back to those traditional values. But if you talk to a lot of like the top entrepreneurs like Richard Branson, um, they're going to talk about how they're successful because they have a group of successful people around them who help them with their businesses. They will never attribute it to themselves. So you really have to have people who can help you. So, you know, if you start a business and you find that YouTube is a very good channel for you to um, get uh, customers, maybe reach out to someone who has been successful on YouTube and have them help you out. Um, Or if you need to run Google ads and and don't know how, reach out to someone who's been successful with that and find out what they did or see if you can hire them. Um, So I think, I think, you know, it's, it's hard to go at it alone. I think it's, you know, you might, you might succeed, but it's going to be harder and take longer. But if you can find those experts out there, um, you know, that's just great. And, and I mean, that's basically my business. You know, I have a lot of entrepreneurs who come to me who need a website, but don't know how to build it. Um, so instead of trying to figure it out themselves, like I did, you know, by the way, it took me like two years before I had an actual good website when I started out. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, they, they can get a website in a couple of months and be up and running with their uh, business right away, you know? Um, well, at first, yeah, I, I love that you keep going back to traditional business model. There, there's a reason a lot of those principles work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what I want to touch on, sorry if I interrupted you, is, no worries. you know, you, what you've talked about a lot also is investing in your business, right? And mm-hmm. like we, we were, I was mentioning to you before this call that I am actually working with a YouTube, a certified YouTube partner to take that you know, I'm like, all right, this is this is an area that's worked for me without having a real solid strategy. Yeah. So what what is this going to look like if we really put a strategy behind this? But, you know, what are your thoughts on investing in your business? And and I want to talk to you about this from the perspective of an online business, because I think there yeah. still is this perception that it shouldn't cost a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, um, so I'm going to I'm going to say like I invest in my business, but I don't necessarily have to invest a lot. Like I don't have a specific percentage that I shoot for to invest in my business. Um, but I think it's important. You just got to look at, you know, what do you need? Um, I mean, again, I I will say with online businesses, it is, it is, you are going to be, it is going to be a lot cheaper than starting an offline business. Just, I mean, you don't have to have a storefront. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you don't have to worry about. There still are some things, but again, just the the fact that you don't have to have a storefront is one of the biggest things, you know, that, that, that's a huge cost for people when they first get started. Um, so I think it is it, it is a little bit cheaper in the beginning, and there are a lot of solutions out there you can use now that um, that make things easier. But you don't want to be the guy where you know you, you're trying to skip on every little thing. Like I, 
if I come across a piece of software that I know is going to make either it, if it's going to make things easier for me, um, or if I can spend less time on it, or it's going to make it cheaper for me, I will invest in it. So like, for instance, I use, um, instead of having an accountant, I use uh, FreshBooks for my invoicing and accounting software. Um, uh, you know, there's, I haven't used them yet, but there's a, a company out there called, um, I think, I think it's bench.co. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about the URL, but, um, they, you know, for like 135 bucks a month, they will basically be your bookkeepers. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm considering hiring them right now to take over my aspect of it when, you know, my bookkeeping becomes too much for me to handle on my own. Um, right now, luckily it's pretty simple because it's all online transactions, but, um, you know, if I wanted to, I could have them come in and take care of it for me. Um, you know, some people would be like 135, why would I want to spend that? Well, you know, that, it, for me, the, the rates I charge, I could do something else and make more money than spending my time doing bookkeeping, which I'm not very good at. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it comes down to those things. You know, what, 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 if it makes it cheaper, easier or, um, faster then definitely invest in it. Um, and the cool thing is now that everything's online, um, you can find relatively cheap solutions like FreshBooks. I pay, I think $30 a month for it. Um, you know, well, my, even even one hundred and thirty five dollars. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but for yeah. bench talk, it's funny that you brought that up. I thought about looking into them too. You know, it's like that's really what would it cost you monthly to have an accountant locally on retainer yeah. to do monthly updates and stuff. You know, this again, it's this idea that an online business there are going to be some fixed costs, and and you and in my two cents, you also cannot scale. There's no way to grow unless you invest in your business, whether it's tools team, you know, resources, you do have to invest that money in your business. And, you know, I look at it too. I I take that a step further at this point now. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I've got a housekeeper. I'm like, I, what, where are ways that I can save myself? Like it, it is more valuable for me to spend a couple more hours creating something or writing or doing a podcast than it is to be cleaning bathrooms. Right. So (laughs) I mean, I think, I think, you know, if if you, I'll say to your audience, if they haven't read it, they should read four hour work week. Um, he goes over a lot of these principles. Have, have you read it? Oh, God, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, basically, he, he has the same thing. He's like, you know, you got to look at, you know, how much do you make per hour and decide, is this worth me doing? Um, like you said, you know, if, if you spend an hour cleaning bathrooms in your house, but you make, you know, let's say you make um, $200 an hour um, and you could hire someone to do it for $35 an hour, it doesn't make financial sense for you to clean your own bathroom. Um, so you got to look at everything like that, you know, again, building a website, like I made that mistake in the beginning. I spent way too long building my website. I could have been doing other stuff in my business. And as you could probably guess, that first business didn't succeed because I was spending so much time on my website. Um, so, I mean, you got to look and see, is it worth my time to be doing this? Or are there other ways I can spend my time that will help me succeed in my business? God, I love that. Yeah, I'm like, I could go on. You can tell with the things I get a little ranty with, right? It's just, <laughs> well, and I think anybody who does, it's, it's fascinating to me that anybody who do, who has a business then and can't necessarily see the value of investing in their own, like they want people to pay them for their services, mm-hmm. but yet they balk, right? Yeah, <laughs> when they yeah. go, and, and fortunately, I, I think as you start shifting your perspective and spend time with people who also invest in their business, those are kind of the type of clients you you bring into your own life, you know? Yeah. And it, it's just, you know, there, there's this exa- example of a friend of mine who d- does a lot of 
sort of online support for entrepreneurs. And she's working with this coach who wants to charge thousands of dollars, but doesn't is nickel and diming. I'm like, mm-hmm. if, if you nickel and dime, I'm like, you're going to get those people doing that too. You're not going to hit yeah. the six figure business that you want. If you're going to nickel and dime, you don't understand what, just because you don't understand what they're doing doesn't mean there's not a value there. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think that piece also comes back to the service provider, regardless of what service you're providing, being able to communicate your value effectively. Right. right. And I think, I think, you know, you hit, you hit another really important point there. I mean, I deal with a lot of people who are just starting out. And one of the conversations I have with them a lot is about web hosting. Um, and I, you know, the majority of people will say, I want the cheapest hosting available. I want to spend $3 a month on hosting. And, you know, I'll, I'll explain to them, well, you know, you should go with a managed WordPress host and I'll explain why and, you know, how, much, how it's easier for them. And they're like, well, what's the cost? I'll be $25. And they're like, no, it's too expensive. In my mind, I'm thinking that's, you know, th- that's maybe $22 more a month that you're going to be spending for your business and you don't want to spend that. You know, it's like the, the cost, the, there's so much cost saving in that alone that, that you're going to save time. But, you know, you get people, like you said, who don't, who don't want to spend that extra 20 or $30 a month for their business. Um, and I think, again, I think that, that comes back to possibly short-sightedness. You know, a lot of people get into this and they're like, oh, I'm going to make money right away. Um, you know, they don't think of it in the long haul of, you know, creating this valuable asset. Um, and I think one of the, e- the easiest ways to tell is when you talk to someone about, um, you know, this is, this is good for freelancers. Um, when you're talking to someone about what your costs are, you got to look and see, are they thinking about it as a cost or are they thinking about it, about it as an investment? And the clients that you want are the ones who think about it as an investment. Um, you know, like, for instance, I was talking to um, one of my clients who helps out uh, businesses with design. And she was saying how one of her clients, she basically redesigned their entire brand and it brought them a lot more customers. Um, and, you know, for them, they were like, we gladly invest $3,000 or whatever it was in you because we got X amount of dollars back. But if you're talking to a client and you're like, oh, yeah, my, my website costs $3,000, they're like, oh, $3,000, like, you know, I, I got to pay $3,000 for this. You know, they're, you can kind of see, like, they're not thinking about how is this going to bring me business. They're just thinking about how, what is this going to cost me? And that, I think, kind of goes back to you, what you said about, you know, you got to portray the value. Like, when you're selling, if you're a web developer, you can't be like, oh, yeah, I build websites. You got to be like, I build websites that help people make money or something like that, you know? Um, so you really just got to think about how can I provide value? And um, I think that will, you know, help you succeed and get the better get the better clients. It is. And I think when you're starting, it's, it's tough to get to that. Um, I, I think the only way you're going to understand the value you provide and the ability to communicate it is through doing the work, right? And working with people. And just a quick little story. I was, I think I was listening to this book and they gave the example of Kodak, right? We all remember Kodak. And mm-hmm. I say remember because they're gone because mm-hmm. Kodak, these authors were saying, you know, that they had the technology for digital cameras, uh, and, and digital photos in the seventies, mm-hmm. but they forgot that they were in the business of capturing memories. They were not in the film business, right? Yeah. And so it, there's how, I mean, that, like that gives me goosebumps. It's like, talk about positioning, right? And that had they said, look, our, we want to make sure people can 
capture their memories and, and it's all about, you know, their family and their loved ones and, and having those photos to look back on, they would have gotten so stuck on what they provided. And so, you know, I just did a, I know you guest post for WP Elevation too, and which will, I'll have everybody listening. I'll have all the links to all of Brandon's sites and <laughs> businesses and everything in this, in the site. Um, but you know, I, I, I just wrote a recent post that, you know, I think that your business really needs to evolve as, as mm-hmm. you do, right? Like I know for me, I, I think I'd kind of be losing my mind if I was like, this is how you do a WordPress install today. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that I'm like, God, I should probably have just a page of beginner tutorials, but I'm like, that's not where I'm at. So yeah. that's not going to be fair to even the beginner. Like go get someone who's excited about getting you started with WordPress. Your business has to evolve. And so I think if you remember, you know, and focus on what is my value, right? And so I've really mm-hmm. gotten clear that my value is and helping the entrepreneur. I mean, to the point where I'm going to be shifting the, the podcast intro, everything. Cause it's like, this is really about the entrepreneur who's using yeah. WordPress, you know? And so I do think it's, it's super, it's really important to position yourself correctly. And that can evolve too. Don't be afraid yeah. to be married to that. Right. Yeah. I mean like, like a perfect example, you know, when I started out, I was charging about $20 per consulting session to help people with their WordPress problems. And I mean, that's nothing, you know, but I didn't know any better. Um, and the type of clients I got were not the best type of clients, but it was work. But as I've evolved, I've been able to increase my rate and get better clients. Um, and, you know, I, I've shifted what I concentrate on. Like I get people come to me asking me for certain services that I used to offer and I turn them away because I just don't do that anymore. I don't want to, you know, I might make money at it, but it's just, it's not worth my time. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you evolve. I think it's, you know, you, you got, you have to be, um, flexible with your business and you know let things go where they go you can't hold on to things too much like you were saying like with kodak they were holding on to that whole film business way too much but you know you, you when you do that you put on blinders to things you know um for me you know i i, I really you know there's times where i literally just step back and let and see where are things going where can i really concentrate and um you know I, then i'll go attack that way um so yeah, I mean you can't you can't hold on too firm to it. It's kind of like a Buddhist thing in a way. But you got to like you see where your business is kind of guiding you, where your clients are guiding you and follow that. That that's exactly it. And if you pay attention right to what your clients and your audience is asking for, mm-hmm. you, you can kind of see what's going on. And and you know, it's funny like I have found that I prefer doing like the whole kit and caboodle. If I'm going to do it, the only way I do a website today is if we're going to do consulting too, because I'm not, it doesn't do anything. The only time I'll do like a brochure website is if I'm donating it right to yeah. like a, a local charity or something. But other than that, I'm like, no, let's have fun with this. Like you got to do a podcast and you got to do this. And we could do like, I, I enjoy that piece of it. And I've got a team that supports me in the whole project. So I get to then do the stuff that I really enjoy doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, what are your thoughts on opportunities in the WordPress space, right? So whether it's somebody that's a WordPress web developer, or maybe they talk about WordPress, what do you see are some great opportunities in WordPress? Um, do you mean opportunities like like business opportunities? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think, I think obviously, you know, I'm, I'm in that space, but the maintenance and support area, I think is a big space. And again, even I'm in there, I think there's still room for more companies to come in. Because again, I'll go to I'll go to WordPress meetups and I'll mention what my business does, and people like you know you get they get this look in their eye like oh my god I've been looking for this my whole life, um, and you know they want to sign up right on the spot. Um, I think the issue is that just people just don't know about. It. I mean it's hard to reach these people. 
That's what we're still trying to find out is how do we reach the people that we're going after with WP Radius. But I think there's a lot of opportunity there and you can start niching down. Like you can be the WordPress support for lawyers. Um, so th- there's a lot of opportunity in that space. Um, I think also there's a lot of opportunity in uh, making, um, and this is more for like the developers, but making solutions that are simpler to use. Um, so, you know, we're seeing this more now, you know, again, when we have, you have these companies like Squarespace that are popping up and I, in all honesty, like if you're making a really simple website, I actually really love Squarespace for making simple websites. Um, you know, cause it's so easy for someone to just get in there and, you know, build. It. I mean, obviously if they, if they don't have the design, they don't really know exactly what they're doing, then they might have problems. But if they know more or less how they want to build the website out, it's really easy for them to do it with Squarespace. Um, WordPress isn't as easy now, um, and I think you know people need to make solutions that are easier for people to to use that don't um, make their sites, uh, you know, that don't ha- they don't overwhelm their, or overload the site. So there's a lot of solutions out there right now that make it easier to use WordPress, like some themes and stuff. But you know they're extremely slow and really buggy. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity there to make th- like better solutions for that. Um, and I think there's also you know, I think there's still space for um, making it easier for people to get up and running selling. Um, you know, there's a lot of great plugins out there right now that do that um, and are getting better all the time. But I, I just feel like there's, you know, I, I still run into people who have problems getting up and running who are, you know, early beginners. Like, you know, e-com- or, um, WooCommerce is great, but uh, it can be a little uh, daunting for someone who's just a beginner. Um, so... You know, easy digital download is kind of getting in there now and, and really making that simple. But I still feel like there's some room there. Um, it's can I just? It's funny you should say that. I'm actually doing a um, a course with Jonathan Perez of Surefire Web Services called Selling with WordPress, and we talk about six different platforms. But it's also because I, I think that you know WooCommerce is great if you're doing an e-commerce store. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think if you're going to be selling a few digital products off your site that somebody should have to add to cart to check out to view cart, right? So it's, it's, I think that, like, I, I guess I see so many opportunities with work. I always say that there's a ton of opportunities in the teaching and the training, the documenting, right? And really breaking it down in a simple manner. And so our point is, hey, you know, first of all, what are you selling? Mm-hmm. And who are you selling it to? So what is the easiest way for your customer to do business with you? You know, mm-hmm. are you doing the pre-sale? So it's just, I love that you say that because that was out validation for us. So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> also, the other thing there, this is, you know, again, going into opportunities, I think, um, you know, again, like I, I think I mentioned in the beginning, I, I spend some time every week on the WordPress support forums, um, answering people's questions. Um, you know, one, one part of it is because I like giving back, but the other side of it is that I get to see what people are struggling with, uh, firsthand. And, you know, as I'm going through helping people, I'm making notes of like, oh, here's like a possible, you know, area I could get involved in. Cause I'm seeing a lot of people having this problem. Um, same thing happens with when I'm doing with my clients, you know, I'm making notes on, you know, what issues are they having? If I see the same issue pop up a lot, I'll make a blog post about it. Um, but you can also, you know, you can use that to, find ways to create solutions. That goes back to the other thing we were saying about, um, you know, listening to your customers and seeing, you know, like going, spending time with them and stuff. Um, Cause you can find out a lot. Like I, I, you know, when I start building uh, themes and plugins, I'm kind of building them for myself in a way. Cause you know, I want to build stuff that I have problems with, with WordPress. So I don't have to have those problems anymore. So it's like, you know, you've heard the thing where it's like, be your own customer. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> 
So again, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're not your own customer, you got to either bring someone into your business that is or find people um, that you can talk to. Like my, my partner at WP Radius is actually, he was my previous client. Um, and he saw the issues with the whole developer-client relationship in WordPress and how difficult it was um, for like simple fixes. So we partnered for that particular reason, that he was the type of person who would be using this type of service. Um, so you can bring in some insight that I would be none the wiser to because I'm on the other side of it. Yeah, that's a great point too in terms of even partnering. And it's like I've learned I'm probably not a great partner <laughs> at this. Well, you know, I've done, I, I think collaboration for me is great, like collaborating on products and whatnot. But, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I, for me, I'm like, I think I, I just seven years in, I'm like, I kind of know what I want to do. And that may shift. So I should probably never say never. <laughs> um, but I think it's important, you know, that you said that. And so even if someone's just collaborating, it's like, how do you, ba- you know, what is the value you both bring to the table? And yeah. how can you drive your business that way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think one of the key words today is like value. I think that's like one of the most important things is in any aspect of business or your life is like, what is the value of it? Um, you know, you, you really got to uh, you really got to evaluate things based on that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's just kind of, I've realized the time we're winding down. What are, <laughs> um, so what is in store for WP Expert and WP Radius? Like what, what's on the horizon? So WP Radius, you know, we're, we're still building out our customer base. Um, we're pushing our white labeling service. Um, like I said, we're, we're still, you know, finding what's the best way to reach our customers. Um, like I said, there's that issue right now where it's hard to reach them and we're, we're testing out different ways to see what's the best way to reach them. Um, on my WP expert, um, you know, I'm, I like I said, I'm transitioning myself into being more of a thought leader in the space. So, you know, I'm coming out with a redesign on my site that will, uh, you know, support that. Um, that I'm didn't still, take you a year at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, didn't take me a year. Uh, it's going a lot faster, but it's gonna it's gonna look really nice. I'm really excited for it. It's a, uh, you know, it's much more mobile friendly than my current site is. My, my current site is responsive, but it's not, you know, this one will be like a mobile first type of site. Oh, nice. Um, so oh, that's a whole other conversation we could have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, so, so that, you know, I'm building that out um, and, you know, pushing myself as a thought leader. Um, on the side, I've been, you know, I'm taking uh, programming courses because I really, for me, programming is one of those things where like, I just relax when I start coding. So I'm learning other coding languages and playing around with that stuff. Um, I'm using some of it to apply to WordPress. So I'm going to start releasing plugins, start releasing themes. Um, and, you know, on the rest of it, you know, like I said, I, I mentioned at one point, I, you know, at times you just got to look over the reins and see where things go. Um, so, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out to influencers. I'm, um, you know, really spending my time getting involved in the community and kind of seeing where that stuff will take me. Um, I don't know where it'll take me, but I know I enjoy doing it and I know there's a lot of opportunities there. So we'll see where that goes. But, um, yeah, I mean, right now, you know, uh, I'm in a good location, I guess, you know, I got, I got a steady, um, steady income from my, uh, consulting and development gigs. Um, so now it's just a matter of how do I expand it and how do I, um, how do I scale it and find out what's the next thing I'm going to kind of some good problems you've got there. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's super exciting. Well, you have to keep me, well, I definitely want to stay in touch anyways, but keep me posted with, you know, any themes or plugins. I would, of course, love to support you and, and share that with my audience. They're always looking for great stuff. And then, gosh, WP Radius too. I think that's great. So, yeah, thanks. Um, absolutely. Where is the best, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? So, email is the best way. Um, you can either, uh, so you can either email me at brandon at mywpexpert.com or brandon at wpradius.com and it's spelled B-R-A-N-D-O-N. Um, so either way, or you can also get me on Twitter. Um, you probably won't put this in the show notes because my last name is kind of hard, um, but it's uh, B. Yanofsky. So I'll, I'll send you that so that people can get that. But um, Twitter is also a good way to get a hold of me. But email is like the number one way. And both those emails, you know, I check those constantly. So that's the best way. That's great. And actually, last question. <laughs> I forgot to ask you this, but <laughs> I always ask people, you know, is there anything fun about yourself that you'd like to share that maybe people don't know about you? Um, yeah. I, well, the one thing I do, you know, I, and I feel like a lot of my, my work ethic comes from it is I'm actually, I, I do a lot of uh, martial arts. So I do uh, Muay Thai, which is Thai kickboxing. Um, I do uh, mixed martial arts like you'd see UFC, do Krav Maga, which is uh um, Israeli self-defense. Um, and then I do, uh, jujitsu, which is, you know, like Brazilian wrestling basically. Um, so I do a lot of that. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that wake up at like four 30 in the morning and get to the gym by five. Um, and then start working after that. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, a gym rat in a sense. Um, well, it pays off, right? I, you yeah. know, what's funny is I realize like I, I work out in the morning too, but <laughs> Not that early. However, <laughs> you know, it's my day just is so much better when I yeah. get when I start my day with exercise. It just is. Yeah, so. things are a lot better. And I'll say also the other side of I mean, okay, so go, you know, in life and in business, you know, you got to keep yourself healthy. Um, so you know, exercising is one thing. And you know, I, recently, I, I saw that documentary Food Inc. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of changed how, how I eat, you know, I eat a lot more organic and, you know, watch what type of meats I'm eating, make sure it's either free range or grass-fed and um that also has a big effect not only on like you know how i feel just you know day-to-day personal life but also i can see a a difference in my business you know i just approach business differently when i feel better you know like if i go out and eat a mcdonald's hamburger i can feel that instantly and i'm just like drowsy all day and don't really want to work and you know but when i'm eating healthier i'm you know more effective and more productive and, you know, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the two are very connected. You got to be, you got to really take care of yourself in order to succeed in business. Oh my gosh. I started juicing like a year okay. ago. I am a fiend. I, <laughs> I juice. I mean, I've, I, the longest juice I've only been able to juice for like 14 days straight, but still I, I was quite proud of myself and I have two to three juices a day. And I know okay. that I'm putting really into the point where I'm like, I've got some container gardening happening this summer so that I well part of it is I'm so tired of running to buy kale every two days but you know I the energy it gives me I sleep better I'm focused better and I pay the price significantly if I eat something that's not very good for me I'm like oh yeah. my god that was totally not worth it yeah. gosh Brandon, right. I could talk to you all day it's been a it's been a true pleasure I really enjoy having on the show and I'd love to you know we'll have to do a follow-up at with the launch and and see where things are with WP radius <laughs> oh, perfect yeah I'd love to all right everybody that is it for today so 
again, go to the episode and you'll get all the show notes and just stay tuned. I'll have links for you at the end of this as well. But all the links that Brandon mentioned for his sites and how to get in touch will be in that as well. So thanks as always. Have a great day. And Brandon, thank you again for being here. Thank you. Leave me a comment. And if you haven't already, I would love a review in iTunes. That helps a lot, but I would love a review in iTunes. It just takes a few minutes. Go over to, you know, you can subscribe in iTunes. Um, There is a link on the show note, but just look for the WordPress Chick Podcast. You can search it um, and leave a review. And um, we will be talking soon. 